DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We're joined now by Craig Bowlerjack, and he joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Sprint makes it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Bowler, good morning. David James, Patrick Kinahan. How are you? When you grow up in Kansas City, Bowler, I would expect there's a worry about tornadoes. I don't think you worried a lot about earthquakes. How do you like riding out a uh, 4.2 aftershock? You know, it was like, please, you know, not again. I mean, it rattled. uh, We're, you know, over by Brighton High School, and I I felt it. And kind of like, again, I just said, earthquake. I don't know why I said it, but there was again. I mean, it was like, come on. It's been, what, a month, five weeks, right? No, a month. A month that we've had these now because uh, I'm trying to remember in my mind Oklahoma City was on the 11th and the following Wednesday was the uh, uh, was the initial earthquake so here we are a month later still having these aftershocks is this an aftershock anybody is this or is this another quake I think it's an aftershock centered in magnitude. an aftershock because yeah. another earthquake would have to be what higher than the original I don't know what I'm I don't know sorry well, I think it's actually wise, and I'm going to start doing what you're doing and wearing your helmet at home at all times. <laughs> Got a safety helmet here. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's weird. It happens in the morning. It seems like most of these, or at least that's when we feel them, because we're lounging around the house, which which I'm doing quite a bit anyway. So I guess we're more uh, prone to feeling all these aftershocks. Hey, I, I was reading uh, Joe questions to Joe. Did Joe mention, or did you ask him, do they have – has he had an earthquake in Australia? Do they have? No, he wants to go home. Uh, the, want, you, yeah, they're all want, sick of the house shaking. They're done with it. They're done. Yeah. Done. Yeah. I, can, I, can, I can imagine with two, two youngsters in the house, too. How do you explain that constantly? Yeah, it's really upsetting when I and the kids. Oh. <laughs> uh. You ever do an Australian accent to Joe, or then he'll just light you up on a trip, and it's better not oh, to poke the bear? Oh, he'd light us up. No, you can't even go there. You know? Hey, Joe. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> you know, you want to, but you really have to nail it, or he'll nail you back. He's a master. He's a master. He'll get you. One way or the other. He'll get you. I always talk to him when he's warming up. You know, he carries that little, uh, you've seen it. The kind of the neon yellow green softball, and that's how he kind of you know warms up on the floor before games, and that's when T or Matt and I get a chance to talk to him the most right over by us. So that's his spot. I think you know he's has a broadcast future, but he's right over by us where we do our pre pregame show, and uh, we're always talking to him there. He's always got some joke or some you know smart comment like. Uh, what's he say? Bull, is that the only suit you have? You know? I said, Joe, come on. I got three. You know, there's that type of banter that we have all the time. It's uh, And then you can't ever, uh, you know, complain about Thurl's uh, attire, right? That guy can light it up. He's a fashionista. I'm wondering... Uh, you know, we've heard about possibly going to Vegas and the quarantine and playing games and all that. Have you heard about any broadcast plans? You know, I haven't. Um, my guess would be if they're quarantined, then 
you know, it'd probably PKB much, much run like Summer League, the G League Showcase, where probably a couple of the networks would have several of their broadcast teams, TNT, NBA TV, ABC, whatever it may be. I'm hoping, I'm selfish, I'm hoping we get a clean feed and maybe we get a chance to call games, um, which is a new norm possibly, and that is in a studio uh, off off a large monitor. Now, it's not my... You know, it's not my best scenario, but at least it gives everyone a chance to do a local broadcast on our regional network. But who knows how it's going to work out. I just hope we can play and play safely. But you hear, you know, rumblings of, you know, the 25 days that's needed, personal time to, you know, work yourself uh, privately uh, on treadmills and weights and running, and then you get together as a team and you start to practice uh, for 10 days. Uh, I don't think they mention any type of preseason basketball. It just basically be scrimmaging, and then you you go off to you know where, wherever. Uh, if it is Vegas, sounds like uh, that seems to be where they're leaning if it, if it happens that way. But I'm not sure, PK, how far we are from that or how close. Again, I keep thinking every day that maybe we'll get some better news and I know there's the need to to get back to work, but it's got to be the right time and the and the right you know the right situation. If you need help uh, calling games off monitors, I, I know people have experience with that, Bowler, and probably help you out <laughs> yeah. on that. I think I think actually you're right about that. That that's probably how it'll happen. I, I could see you being involved, but not going to Vegas because going to yeah. Vegas yeah. makes it more complicated, more people, more risk, more exposure. So no, but they're going to want all the local. Uh, drop-ins and all that stuff in the broadcast, and these regional sports networks are going to want the programming. So I, I would bet you are calling off a monitor somewhere. You know, I, I would hope that we get back involved in in some way uh, to help you know the Jazz and to help fans and just to kind of keep a local flavor to it. I know a lot of fans tell us you know sometimes it's interesting to hear a different perspective from the nat you know the national level, and I get that. Um, and uh, then I also heard the opposite too when I was at CBS and Fox. Is that ah, what do you guys know coming in? So it's 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 an interesting balance. But I I'm selfish. I would love to be involved somehow, some way, if it's possible. It may not be. You know, it may just not be. Uh, the focus may just be at the Thomas and Max and the Mac and the Comma and the uh, Cox Pavilion and uh, be a lot of basketball. I don't know how many games they would play. That would be the interesting part of it. Or if they would just again get into the playoffs. As we see now, the the way that the uh, the top eight are seated, I don't know, guys. You think fans? I don't know what the the league would want to do. They may not have an option, honestly. But if they do, they may want to play ten games and try to see if someone can move up or down and reestablish themselves. Or they may just jump right into the postseason. It's it's going to be interesting. Excuse me, interesting to see how it how it plays out. So you're saying then that if you're involved likely from someplace in our community calling the game and, and DJ talking about and referencing what he does with the soccer, he doesn't travel, so he calls them locally, uh, that they that's a possibility. Or the other possibility would be they would just have somebody or a group yeah. of people, whoever that might be from a national level, just calling games. You're not You're not saying that these games wouldn't be available for us to watch, right? No, not that I know of. No, I think probably you'd stack it. Um, and again, I haven't seen what the NBA's total plan is. I'm guesstimating, but 
they'll probably stack it, PK. I'm guessing noons and two thirties and you know four thirty uh, five o'clock games, and they would rotate teams, and you would be able to watch your particular team on a given day uh, and stack it. Maybe, gosh, you know, look what the NCAA tournament can do uh, when yeah, I was at that's CBS what it would be compared to. Right. For such a long period of time, it was just on CBS, and then it, you know, it's expanded out, and now you get a chance to see every team on four different channels, and I think that's kind of the same probably model uh, that the NBA would take. Craig Bowlerjack joined us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, but to be clear, this is bored Craig Bowlerjack sitting in his house imagining as opposed to uh, – TV people, uh, network people. Make sure <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm no executive here by any means. It's just kind of, you know what, I've been asked the question a lot, and I, I kind of you know, I ponder my own thoughts. You know, why not? It's a, it's a long day sometimes, and I just kind of, actually, in my office here, I've, I've doodled more than ever just penciling ideas down, you know, and po- potential possibilities. I mean, I like to work. I think you two do as well, right? I mean, that's why you're doing what you're doing right now. Yeah, that's what we do, and and it's, it just doesn't feel right uh, not to be working, especially knowing that the playoffs would be starting this weekend, and the Jazz had just completed a, you know, a season on Tuesday night against Denver, and where would the Jazz be? Would it be a three, a four? Could they have made a jump to two? I mean, those are things we won't know, but we can always, you know. I guess there'll be an asterisk, obviously, on this season, 2019, 2019-2020 season. Um, but I know the league would like to play it out, and so would I. And I think all the fans would, too. But i got to reiterate, it's got to be safe, and it's got to be right, because you can't make a U-turn and come back and revisit this again. It's just, It just has to be done the right way. Speaking of reiteration, we had on Joe Ingles, and he reiterated that the team is going to be fine and that these two players want to win in Salt Lake, so he doesn't really know what else needs to be said. You know what? If Joe speaks, we listen. Um, I think Rudy stepping out and making the statement was awesome. And, you know, Donovan and, and Rudy are teammates that have obviously incredible abilities that complement one another in, in many different ways. And I, I personally, I would hope that they they haven't already. And as Joe said, if maybe you know Rudy spoke for both of them, I think people want to see what you know Donovan's response would be. But that may not be Donovan's you know way of doing things. If they've they've handled it personally, privately, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and and if that's the case, and get back on the floor, and and they have the common goal as I think the entire state and region does, and that's to see the Jazz. One day soon, raise a trophy and take it down Main Street, all the way to St. George, by the way, PK, with you at the lead. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> be a heck of a parade, wouldn't it? Take a couple of see, days, but it'd be worth it. I see PK with a trophy in one hand and a kazoo in the other on the front of some float <laughs> headed down 89. I like it. <laughs> well, then, We're, you know, with a microphone also singing, I don't know, whatever, you know, his greatest hits and entertaining. We are the champions. Week. <laughs> yeah, we are the champions all the way, PK. All the way from outside the point of the mountain down to St. George. Hey, Levy, from he's like, step on it. Let's get to Manti. There's nothing in between. <laughs> Leaving Manti. Come on, pick up time. We got to be in Sterling on time. Let's go. Yeah, pick up the tempo. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Oh, man. I just think yeah. that for a lot of Jazz fans, and I, I told Joe this, and you can go listen to the interview at 1280thezone.com when you're killing time later today. Um, 
is that there is stuff that happened literally before Joe was born. And depending on uh, you know how old you are and how long you've been rooting for the Jazz, you remember different things that you thought were upsetting the apple cart forever. And this, I, I would think the longer you do it, the more you realize nothing upsets the apple cart forever. The whole roster is right. turning over in three years anyway because <laughs> it happens yeah. all the time. But it's still tough in the moment, especially with the star players. And I had someone tweet at me, what happened before Joe was born? I just tweeted back, well, Frank Layden versus Adrian Dantley. Bowler, oh, yeah. Were you in town for oh, that, yeah. Bowler? That was the biggest yeah. thing ad was the star he was loved yeah it was uh frank and uh you know the frank was put in a weird situation he ran the show as president general manager handled the contracts and that's danger when you have to face a player and then coach him after you have to negotiate a deal and so there was bad vibes there between the two so i remember that well i'm not i think it may have been 84 uh a year or two before i got here uh, but that's, that always echoed, though, as one of the most tenuous situations in jazz franchise history. Obviously, making payroll was the number one, and the Dominique Wilkins um, draft that never really happened. <clears throat> and, uh, well, it did, but, of course, the jazz uh, were able to sell that for what it was in a million dollars and actually keep the franchise afloat. Uh, Frank and Sam Battistone were trying to do all they could to keep the franchise in Salt Lake City and... Uh, you know, then again, as I think most people who are listening remember the days of, of um, the summertime um, back and forth, of course, with the late, great Larry Miller and Carl Malone. Um, you know, you guys, how many times did we have to have a summer where it was, you know, Carl saying, I'll never play for the Jazz or wear a uniform again. And those two would talk and get together and shed tears and <clears throat> always right in jazz land. You almost expected it. So you make a great point. This happens on a lot of teams. I think sometimes the Jazz are better at keeping things, obviously, between themselves and in the locker room. But uh, someone wrote yesterday, uh, I think it was the ESPN column that I wrote, that with no basketball, no gyms, no planes, no hotels, there's really no time for these players to gather and work things out um, in, in normal circumstances, which makes sense. So you have to almost rely solely on social media or, you know, dialing somebody up on Zoom or Skype and trying to, you know, discuss things. But, hey, we're all living in different times right now. And it is it is more difficult in some ways uh, for these players unless they reach out. Uh, days can pass and all of a sudden weeks have gone by. And it's I told a friend of mine, there's guys in college I, I've lost touch with and I keep thinking I should call. And then after about a year, you think it's too late, then three years pass, and then all of a sudden you go, what's the use? So it's always good to maybe, you know, if you have an issue, do it as soon as you can because time passes. Uh, I think we're fine, and it's slow right now. But in reality, it, it passes much quicker than we think. Bowler, as always, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you again. Thanks a lot. All right, guys. Have a good day. Keep busy. See you soon. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Yach's been uh, editing some of Joe Ingles' answer about uh, Rudy and Donovan. If you missed it, he was Joe was here at 8.30. We will play that for you next, right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's top infectious disease expert, says the only way professional sports will happen this summer is by holding events without fans in attendance and by keeping players in hotels. He adds, nobody comes 
to the stadium. College Football Playoff Management Committee spoke with Vice President Mike Pence, 10 conference commissioners, and Notre Dame's athletic director. Uh, They shared with him that college athletics being first and foremost about the students and when universities reopen, then sports can begin. Ram Center, Brian Allen, 24, tested positive for COVID-19. He revealed to Fox Sports he began suffering symptoms of the disease three weeks ago. Rams training facilities closed for two weeks and cleaned thoroughly, according to a Rams spokesperson. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Syringa Networks. Syringa Networks is home to complete business telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. There's a way of doing that. Nobody comes to the stadium. Put them in big hotels, you know, wherever you want to play. Keep them very well surveilled, and namely a a surveillance, but have them tested like every week and make sure they don't wind up infecting each other or their family and just let them play the season out. I mean, people say, well, you know, you, you, you can't play without spectators. Well, I think you probably get enough buy-in from people who are dying to see a baseball game. Particularly me. I'm living in Washington. We have the world champion, Washington Nationals. You know, I want to see them play again. It's Dr. Anthony Fauci right there. Pete and I were just laughing yesterday and last week about the constant day-after-day speculation. When will sports come back? Do we have to talk about it every day? I thought that after laughing about it yesterday, we would definitely pass on it today. And in PK, there were three different stories. First, with the nation's top infectious disease experts there saying professional sports could happen this summer if they hold events without fans in attendance, minimize the travel, put them in hotels, game, hotel, game, just back and forth to the field or stadium. So that's the kind of NBA to Las Vegas, Major League Baseball to Arizona scenario we heard about. Not only was that, uh, 10 conference commissioners and the Notre Dame athletic director had a call with Vice President Pence and said that uh, they don't want to play, basically they don't want to play sports until the student body at large is back on campus. Then they don't want they don't want to bring athletes back before that. They want those two things to happen at the same time. And Mike Trout raised concerns, pointing out his wife is pregnant. If he leaves for the birth of their first child, does he have to go to quarantine for two weeks before he can rejoin the team? He says, uh the mentality is they want to get back as soon as they can, but it has to be realistic. It can't be sitting in our hotel rooms and just going from the field to the hotel room and not being able to do anything. I think that's pretty crazy. So it feels like the range of options may be narrowing a little bit listening to all these people talk, but we still don't know. No, I think that if you're looking for a perfect scenario, you're going to be disappointed. And Mike Trout raises issues. Well, there's probably 30 other issues that haven't been raised. So it's a question of do we want to put up with all these possible roadblocks and maybe some issues that develop it, and maybe they do it and then they have to stop it. But you know, until you decide that you're going to do it, we're in this holding pattern. And I don't think everything or anything really is going to be crystal clear and it's going to work out perfectly, sure. Uh, to me, 
you know, the, the, the hassles that these guys would have to go through. I don't minimize them, but they're going to be there. And if you don't want to do it, then don't do it. But if the leagues decide that they're going to play, then I, I don't want to be holed up. Okay, then don't do it. We'll do it without you. <laughs> so <laughs> you got to go for the greater good here. And if these Mike Trout has legitimate issues with his wife expecting and all that stuff, who would want to miss that? I've never been involved in that. I don't know how that is. So I can't speak from any experience of having a child born. I have no idea what that's about. But uh if that causes him to miss or not compete, so be it. My guess is there's too much money at stake not to do it, so I think it'll happen. There will be, as you point out, a lot of things that come up, and they'll have to work around some, and they'll probably have to go stiff upper lip and just grind through some of the other ones. Uh, but I'd, I'd be really surprised. And I think it will be different for baseball than basketball. I, I think with basketball, the players would be in Vegas for, depending on the team, uh, one to three months. And then if it's Major League Baseball, I think there's scenarios where they'd be, everybody could be there for three months and maybe four. So it could be a lot longer for a Major League Baseball player than an NBA player, depending on how far a team went in the NBA playoffs and whether the playoffs are best of seven or what they looked like. That's all to be figured out. Uh, we had Joe Ingles on, and uh, Joe is not a big fan of earthquakes, and riding out a 4.2 earthquake this morning was not his favorite thing. He's tired of it. He's done. He's over. Uh, we did ask him about Rudy and Donovan, and I think he's also tired of being asked about that, but he realizes it's a thing and he's going to get asked about it here is part of his answer for the whole thing you got to go listen to the whole interview because there's some back and forth and it's more than we're going to play right now but we'll play a key part of it right now from what i know and i i feel like i've i i know a fair bit of what's going on with our team being uh, a piece of of the roster and being in a group chat and all that i'd be like i said on the sam Amix podcast however many weeks ago that was like maybe three weeks ago or something when I, when it was so unsalvageable um, I said that our team would be completely fine I was confident in that and like uh, I mean people <laughs> I had a lot of tweets like oh if Joe thinks it's, it's all good then it will be all good and I'd be even more confident now saying that, that we're going to be totally fine I was confident back then saying it, otherwise I obviously wouldn't have said it. I'm not going to say something I don't believe in. Um, I thought it back then, however many weeks ago. And like I said, I think, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, they obviously had a little bit of a frustration there. I think everyone in the situation was frustrated at different things, not, not Rudy. Um, my frustration was like getting home to my family. Like I wanted to be here with my family. I didn't want to, <laughs> I didn't want to talk to anyone in our team. I didn't, I didn't speak to anyone in our team for the first 10 days, two weeks, because I was, my one and only concern was, was my family and making sure they were okay and making sure the kids were, were healthy and obviously me kind of stick, staying away from them to, to maybe if I if I had it or didn't have the symptoms or whatever the, the things to be. So I think um, there was frustration from everyone's part in, in different, in, in different uh, ways and different feelings, but um, I've said it. Before I'll say it again, I believe our team will be completely fine. They've spoken, we've all spoken, we've been in group chats, we've been, like it's, like it's, it, it's, it's completely, it's, we're going to be fine. Everyone, I don't know the histories and all of it. We could maybe sit down off camera or off radio one day and we'll, we'll have a big chat about it and I'll write it in my notes and, um, 
see what I can do to, to help it all. But, um, yeah, we'll be fine. All right, there is Joe Ingles, and I just think the tone says more than even the words. You know, he's tired of talking about it. He just lays it out. We've been in, in big groups as a whole team. They've, we know he's mentioned before they've had Zoom meetings and all that, and, and then guys in smaller groups get together just like people do anywhere in families and workplaces or whatever. So I, he can't be any more definitive. I mean, he can't actually control it. He's not one of the two guys, but it's hard to believe we're going to get a better source than that with a more definitive tone than that. Oh, I would agree with that. Yeah, Joe, uh, and I appreciate Joe coming on each week during the uh, stoppage of play, and he hasn't missed a week. <laughs> and and one thing that this guy has is the uh, ability to speak what's on his mind and have conviction about what he says. And I think that he's made a reputation of being legitimate in all aspects and so this is what he is saying and this is what he believes now if you don't want to believe it that's your call but it's undoubted i believe this 100 percent that joe believes exactly what he's saying and there is no spin involved in it and he's not saying it because some pr guy taught him to say it or told him to say it or he believes that he should say it for uh, public relations purposes no i believe he's saying it because he literally believes it now if you don't want to believe him that's your call and if you need to have mitchell say it so be it i'm not going to argue with you on that but i will argue that joe's um what am i looking for authenticity <laughs> if that's a word uh, he is legitimate in what he's saying and it's really you know you, know, you can talk about it but until they get out there and play, and that's really all that matters, you know, because if, if you don't like each other off the floor, but it has no effect on how you play and your goal to win, then what does it matter? Who really cares? It's about winning basketball. That's just what these guys are charged with, and that's what uh, Rudy Gobert said on Sunday. We're professionals with the same goal, to win a title in SLC, and that's really all that matters. That's the ultimate of what is at stake here. And if that is the common goal, they're good to go. If you want to hear the whole interview, go to 1280thezone.com. Joe on earthquakes, not a fan. Doesn't have to go through it in uh, Melbourne. Living in Australia, he didn't have to do it. and He's had about enough of the aftershocks. That was a 4.21 earlier this morning. And what a good ride that was here on the fifth floor of the arena. <laughs> I wouldn't define it as good or fun, but okay. Oh, man. All right, what else did we hit on this morning you want to talk about, PK? Have you, have you settled on the Mount Rushmore yet? No. It's impossible. Jackie Robinson, 73 years ago, April 15th. Today's the 16th, but 73 years ago yesterday, broke the color barrier in Major League Baseball. He goes on the Mount Rushmore. Who goes with him? I had Ali, Jordan, Babe Ruth, Jackie Robinson, 
there it is. And you immediately pointed out the flaw. The NFL, there you go, football's the most popular sport. The NFL is the most powerful, richest professional sports league in the U.S., and yet I have no one from the NFL on the list. Do you go Brady with his six Super Bowls? The Super Bowl trophy's named after Lombardi because the Packers won five titles in seven years, and he had an awesome coaching tree. A lot of people worked for him. Probably nobody better than Tom Landry. That's a pretty good name to have as a coordinator. Uh and to work to work with and to work for and just uh, he's got a long list of people that uh, he impacted. They they worked together, I think, with the Giants in the uh, in the fifties. So a long list of people there: Lombardi, George Hallis, Tom Brady, three of the biggest names. Um, can you go a whole family, just the Rooney family for the the Steelers and what they've become over fifty years? You know, multiple owners as it's getting as it's been passed down. Uh, that's interesting about that. Uh, you wouldn't let me have a combination of Magic and Bird, and now you want to have an entire family. You talked me into it. <laughs> or I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> Those are my options. <laughs> he was going to do some kind of mashup because, uh, to your point, the NBA pre-Magic and Bird, post-Magic and Bird, what those two did, combining for eight titles in nine years and still the most-watched NCAA title game and three epic NBA finals, you know, the kind of stuff that people are still sitting down watching documentaries on those guys and the rivalry 30, 35, 40 years later after some of those games. Uh, massive. I mean, they just, the whole league turned around on their watch. Yeah, it was it was legendary, and they were great players, and two guys that were different, not just racially, but just one guy loved the camera, and the other guy tolerated a camera and a microphone, and but they were both ballers of the highest degree, and the two coasts, and it's a dramatic uh, final series, and then there were you know legendary franchises. It's just, it was a dream come true. It's like God himself ordained NBA basketball to really make a jump around the world, and nothing against Jordan, because obviously he's sensational and all that stuff, but those two, how do you separate? Magic and Bird, they're like Sonny and Cher and peanut butter and jelly, and you know what I mean. They just—you can't really have one without the other, can you? No, you really can't. The the magic of those two happening together at the same time with those two franchises—white guy, black guy, East Coast, West Coast—and uh, I think the thing that. Everyone, and I do it too, I just did it, you know, all the opposites that made it work, but the stuff that made it work was also the stuff they had in common. You know, passion for the game, excellent passers, willing passers, so guys who could not only go out and score 40 on any given night, but guys who could just slice the defense up the second you tried to shut those guys down, that just opened things up for everybody else on the court. So, I mean, it was... It, it, if you scripted it, you couldn't script it better. It was right in nope. so many ways. Yeah, it really was, man. And yeah, you know, basically, a, a, not necessarily a shy guy, but someone who didn't put himself out there. And Magic got along with everybody. Yeah, I mean, everybody was Magic's friend. He made everybody feel great. He just loved people and was willing to talk to people. Put himself out there. Didn't run from crowds. Embraced them. And they had they had opposites 
even if they were of the same race, they still had so many different opposites. But the fact that they were different races, I guess that plays into it. But just the, the, the style of play. I feel fortunate to have lived in Los Angeles during that time and got to cover enough to where I was very, very much a small part of it, but got to go to the forum enough and been in Laker locker rooms enough to to just experience that. And then I had to pretend to all the people that I knew that I actually hated the Lakers just to get under their skin when I secretly admag- admired Magic, and Magic is my favorite player of all time. DJ and PK, we are brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. Time for your feedback, and it is brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. Have you seen the video I retweeted, PK, about uh, Super 70 Sports, uh, a Twitter feed you were referencing earlier? Uh, They tweeted out, I think I just found John Stockton's nemesis. And it's a guy in a St. Bonaventure jersey, and his oversized shorts go right down to his ankles. It is the ultimate opposite of John Stockton's short shorts. It couldn't be more opposite. Well, you know what it looks like. It looks like uh, one of those things they do during a timeout where they bring a kid on, yeah. two kids, and they have to put on the oversized shoes and the in the unis and all that. That's exactly what it reminded me of. Uh, I put this out there. Did Joe convince you that Rudy and Donovan are good, or are you still worried? And Andy tweets back at us, no and yes. No for Rudy and yes for Donovan, <laughs> I assume? I just put that up on Facebook. You did put it up on Facebook? No, I said you should. Oh, I will. Yeah. Yeah, I was doing that, and we came back from break, and I had to stop. So, But it'll be up there shortly, and people can comment, and we can get to that tomorrow morning. If you missed the interview, it's up at 1280thezone.com. We just replayed some of it in the last segment. I know uh, Hans and Scott, I don't know when, but I know at some point between 10 and 2, they're going to play part of it. And uh, Austin, I think, is interested in playing part of it on the big show. So stay tuned later today. You can hear some of it, too. But you can hear the whole thing at 1280thezone.com. All the shows, every hour, they're all there, interviews, the whole bit. You can get stuff at your convenience uh let's see other uh other stuff out there um uh daniel tweets at us uh because i was saying to joe there's stuff that happened before you were born and i was referencing the whole frank Layden, um uh, adrian dantley blow up which you know dantley had been the guy for five or six years and it was a contract and it was a holdout and people thought they really had something and then dantley's trading everybody's down except that that's right when carl malone blew up so actually it wasn't the end of the world even though it felt like it as the whole thing played out uh and there have been moments like that throughout jazz history and people are scar- scarred by it and daniel's like what were you referencing and i tweeted it and um I tweeted back at him, well, Frank versus AD. And he looked, he says, looked it up. I had no idea if they initiated like me. And he linked to a thing out of Sports Illustrated's vault about a story about Frank, um, written with Frank, watching the Jazz play the Celtics because Frank went like 17 games into the year or something like that. And the guy went to Palm Springs and ate lunch with Frank in a sports bar and they were watching the game. 
And Frank took off at halftime to go do something. But in, he went into why he was quitting and how the fans were treating him, getting booed, the insults about his weight. And I thought it kind of foreshadowed what happened with Russell Westbrook because the guy not only had quotes from Frank, but he had quotes from Dave Checkets and Jerry West about the stuff they were hearing at games and how uh, fans were just routinely crossing the line. And I think when Frank quit, you know, he'd been the face of the franchise. And that was another hit, you know, people were like, oh, now it's going to be terrible, except that launched the Jerry Sloan era. So it wasn't terrible. But this goes on all the time. Yeah, well, I think that you see that the, the AD era lost, launched the Carl Malone one, too. And mm-hmm. then you can take things that look like you, the, the Hayward thing looked like it was a crushing blow. Yeah. Turns out it wasn't a crushing blow. <laughs> so Stwi- they're St- fine. Steven tweets at us, the Jazz couldn't even convince a white guy from the Midwest to stay here. Right, and he left, and that wrecked everything because the next year was terrible. Nobody had any fun. No, actually, the next year was a surprise, and it was awesome, and people had a blast. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously Gordon had designs on wanting to leave. We'd, we'd heard that and went through that story a thousand times. We don't need to replay that. But these things that appear to be crushing blows really aren't necessarily. You can end up being better. Look at Joe Ingles. He was crushed when he got cut by the Clippers. Well, look where he lands up, and he ends up with a storybook career now that's going to last at least eight years in Salt Lake. So I can remember one time I, I, I thought I had a job. I thought I had a job at the L.A. Daily News. And they brought me down and actually gave me a physical. And I go to the doctor. I said, well, they haven't hired me yet. And he said, well, they don't bring you down here to have a physical if they're not going to hire you. Well, it turns out they didn't hire me. I literally cried when they told me I didn't get the job because I thought I had it. Well, sure enough, down the road, I can't remember how long, but it wasn't that long, less than a year, I get a, a, a job that really was better. It is a better situation for me. So you know, I, I don't necessarily believe totally everything happens for a reason and this is God's way. If you want to believe that, that's fine. That's your call. But I do know that negatives that appear in the moment can actually be something that's going to lead to something better down the road. True story. When I got fired in Sacramento and I was, to quote a guy I know, (laughs) (laughs) and the female anchor who was really nice and she was older and smarter and had seen more of life and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she said, I know you don't want to hear this now, but it's going to work out for the best. And now I know Jen Whitney was right, but I got, I can still see we'd gone to, I think we were in a parking lot at a Chevy's two miles from the station. And she said that, and my wife was standing right next to me. And I remember getting in the car with my wife going, yeah, I like Jen, but I really didn't want to hear that. (laughs) And my wife didn't say anything. And now, okay, Jen was right. Dang it. All right, DJ and PK, we're out of time. Hans and Scott here up next. We'll see you tomorrow.